the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you. At 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Happy Friday to you. Good golly. Look at this year. It is past us by. It is pushing the Christmas time frame. Big time of the year for retail. Big time of the year for retail. Big time of the year for investing? Not so much. Most of us max out our 401k early on through the year, but not all of us. So some of you have a big chunk of money, and you're like, hey, I'm going to invest it sooner than later. I hate being the guy who continues to say this. You need 10 to 20 times your income before you retire. I talk to people every single day who just don't get it. And they don't need to, and they don't want to, they don't care to. I don't know. Maybe I should just stop, you know? Maybe at some point in time I should just go work. Work, 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 work. Should we be rooting for a government shutdown or not? That's a crazy question, right? Should we be rooting for a government shutdown or not? Some people think that we can interpret a shutdown as implying a greater good. The upshot is that while a shutdown would be disruptive, it might actually pre-stage a passage of a debt limit increase. It might pre-stage some sort of compromise. I know, right? Like, wait, wait. We have to shut down our government so we can, like, work together? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at, for sure. Anyhow. Um, Bill Clinton was asked recently who would make a better president his daughter or his wife and he said my wife's had more experience but over the long run Chelsea knows more than we do about everything 
Is she going to run for president one day? I kind of sense that she might. So these are some of the things that we talk about as investors, right? What drives the market? What's pushing us forward? 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. 49ers last night, kind of in a must-win scenario. They got the win. It's Rams? Can't really get too excited about that one, can we? Um, They had a chance for a big winning streak at the start of the year, and they just didn't pull it off. You need a big big winning streak. SP 500 is down 10. The Dow is down 104. Oh, the Dow is down 104. The Nasdaq is down 19. Ten-year Treasury sits at 2.6%. Gold sits up 16, sitting at 13.40. Oil sits under 110, 108, which seems to be... Honestly, am I running tape on the show today? Because like, I seem to have said this every single day this year. The oil's at $108. But now it's at $102, almost $103. But eh. So taper this year, no taper this year. There's more and more arguments that until Ben Bernanke leaves, they're not going to do anything. Okay, there's a precedent on this in the sense that you want your government officials to feel like it's their policy. But at the same point in time, they've also said, we're going to start tapering soon. Tapering meaning cutting down on purchasing of debt. There's no major big story out there today. I could probably run tape. Bank of America Merrill Lynch analyst cuts 2014 gold forecast by 17% down to 1294. Okay. If I were to say to you, let's cut 17% of my weight this year, you'd be like, wow, good for you. If I were to say to you, let's cut 17% of your budget this year, and you're going to have to, you know, Spend less. You'd be like, I can't do it. So to see a Bank of America Merrill Lynch analyst come out and drop its 2014 forecast for gold, you're like, you're a friggin' fraggin' idiot. Can I say it any better? Like, he missed big. Because if I were to cut 70% of your spending budget, if I was to cut 70% of my weight, you'd be like, whoa! So gold prices have stabilized, and they could remain supported as the United States reaches the debt ceiling. This tells you that even though you can be a long-term bull on gold, even though you can say, like, oh, I think gold's the best thing since life bread because the dollar's being devalued. I think the Federal Reserve is printing money and it's going to lead to hyperinflation. I think, I think, I think, I think. Gold's a hard asset, and if we go to war with Syria... Wait, wait, are we going to war with Syria? I... Wait, 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 wait. So, even... I'd get rid of it. Thank you. Barack Obama is not for war. Let's see what Barack Obama's opinion is on the brand new TV show, the the Marvel's uh, Marvel Network on ABC. They're all working together. Um, The what was it? Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. Let's see what his opinion is on that. 
That's not even funny. Oh, he doesn't like that at all. Let's see. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Does he like the Michael J. Fox show called the Michael J. Fox show? Because they could come up with a better name of a show other than the Michael J. Fox show. What's, what's your opinion? A lot of reporters say that, Mr. President, these are all good ideas. Hmm. Seems like he's kind of wishy-washy on that one. Any opinion on gold, Brock? Any opinion? Washington's made things worse. Hmm. Washington has made things worse, which has pushed up the price of gold. But Okay, so Merrill Lynch comes out and... They seem kind of short-term skittish. They're cutting their forecast for gold by 17%. Again, if I were to tell you, okay, let's go to a big dinner tonight. Oh, I'm 17% short. Even like, that's material. It just goes to show you that predicting the price of gold is a fool's game. Stop trying to do it. 800-516-1220. Future calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. You want to talk excavators? We can talk excavators. You want to talk investing? We can talk investing. You want to talk Max 941K? We can talk Max 941K. Oh. Um, top stories of the day. You know, this is kind of a weird period on Wall Street. Just kind of forewarning you a little bit. And you're saying weird like we're wearing pantsuits that look like carpet? No. Weird like... There's not a lot of material information coming out. We want the jobs report next week, but we're not at next week. We kind of want to watch unemployment. We kind of want to watch employment. We want to watch earnings. Eh, not so much today. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. I love that the song's called Californication. There's zero percent chance I could say the word fornication on this radio station. And yet the song, I'm just saying, hey, this is the chilies. And they're talking about Californication. What are you doing tonight? CNBC's Maria Bartiromo, who I find laughable. It's so funny watching CNBC, because they're just a train wreck. Of which I work in the industry, so I'm allowed to say that, right? Um, CNBC's Maria Bartiromo, I even finish this thought, probably not. She spoke with Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper, which, again... Now, who's the bigger joke here? Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper or CNBC's Maria Bartiromo? Like, Canada has American envy. And when I say American envy, I'm talking about USA. Haven't met a Canadian once who's like, man, our country is so great, I'm going to stay here. Every Canadian I've met is like, yeah, I came to the United States because our country kind of stinks. You want to hear my Canadian story? Okay, here's my greatest Canadian story possible. 
dated a woman from Canada. And she was fantastic. Miss Rimple. Okay, so you're saying, does this story have an end? Yes, it has an end, okay? Not only does it have a beginning, it has a middle and it has an end. So, Miss Rimple. And I won't say her first name, just in case. Identities have to be changed to protect everyone. So she dated a guy while she was in Calgary. She went to the University of Calgary, which is, what's that like? Is that like going to J.C. Penney University? Like you go to a catalog university? Like, University of Calgary? No one's ever heard of it, right? Good day, eh? So while she's at the University of Calgary, getting a degree in Canadian economics or something, it is bitterly cold, right? So she's dating a guy in Canada who, he has no future, so what does he do? He starts working out. He uses his muscles to, like, break out of Canada, right? So he's bench-pressing a lot of weight. He actually had a 25-pound weight, which in Canadian is, like, 35 pounds. So he has, like, a 35-pound weight on his head, and he's lifting his neck. He has a weight on his forehead working on his neck. I know, you're saying, is that the story? No, no. It's so cold in Canada that when they go to bed, he has a bucket beside his bed. Why? Because it's too cold to get up to go to the bathroom? Exactly! So he has a bucket beside his bed that he fills up nightly. I hope he's empty it daily. I don't even know that part of the story. I'm like, you didn't dump a guy who couldn't get up and walk 20 feet, 20 yards? In Canadian, it's like 36 yards. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, so you slept next to a bucket of urine? Yeah. And that's my Canadian story of the day. Tune in tomorrow for another Canadian story of the day. Good day, eh? Okay, so if anyone wants to add a Canadian story, feel free. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. We'll work through this all together. Oh, and by the way, she got married to a guy who's been divorced three times. Never a good idea. If a guy's been divorced three times, don't be the fourth. Okay, so CNBC's Murray Bartiromo spoke with Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper about the fate of BlackBerry. Um, Internet roadkill? Was that used in the interview? No. Was it dead and no one wants it? Was that used in the interview? No. So anything that she says, I find to be a joke. I find Maria Bartiromo to be, well, 25 years ago she was relevant. I think she's 25 years past her prime. And I'm not just saying that to be a cruel male who mocks women as they age. I'm saying that as a basically cruel male who mocks people in media as they age. So, lots to think about, right? Um, market? Five-day losing streak got snapped yesterday. We're having a great year. Where do you want me to like come up with this angle? Do you want me to be like, House Speaker John Boehner essentially told the president that a policy of not negotiating over the debt ceiling is not in the works. Like, we're having a bad week. That's okay. It's normal. It's healthy. 
Um, some weeks you work out really well and you sweat and you're like, man, I'm just I'm at my peak performance. And some weeks you're not. C-SPAN is loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah, C-SPAN is loving it because like everyone in the vicinity is like stripping out provisions or defunding Obamacare. And you're saying, what's C-SPAN? Okay, if you don't know what C-SPAN is, um, you probably are good-looking, attractive, have all your teeth, and uh, are good-looking, attractive. Do I need to say more? But for those of us who know what C-SPAN is, we're probably missing a couple teeth. And what we're like, that 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 John Boehner. Did you see what he said today? So it, it's like the it's the Congress Channel. Is that fair for me to say the Congress Channel or the Congressional Channel? Nike's done its part. Ba 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 ba. I'm loving it. So Nike shares up seven percent today. Solid earnings yesterday. I love you, Nike. I seriously, seriously love you. Like, if I had a hot tub, you and me would be in the hot tub tonight. You, you with me? So I'm loving my Nike. Um, I think Nike is a great long-term investment. I think you can be patient with it. I think it's a name that. Okay, so what am I wearing right now? I'm wearing. I don't even know what I'm wearing. So I'm wearing some sort of sandal. But you, typically, when I run, I run Nikes, right? And my running gear is Nike. Like, I can't be seen in Converse. I can't be seen in Adidas. Like, that's beneath me. Come on. You're with me, right? So Nike is a status symbol. Now, it's not Lululemon, which I've had an, I got a, I, I don't even know how I got this because I've never bought anything at Lululemon. I got a catalog sent to my home. And it's, it's the best thing since the JCPenney's catalog when you were 12. I'm not sure if you're with me or against me on that, but people in yoga clothes that are attractive and, and stylish, it's the best thing since the Jay-Z pennies catalog. And I'm I'm harping back 25 years when I say that, okay? I'm not I'm not saying the new Jay-Z pennies catalog because I don't know what it looks like. I'm going back to childhood. Not a lot of victory... Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I hate Philip Phillips. Who would name their kid Philip with last name Phillips? Were they drunk? Like, seriously. I always thought the best name for a kid, whatever you want to name, like hipster, floofy, floofy. But always name your kid, like, Trouble or Danger middle name so they can go into a bar and meet women in, like, Trouble's middle name. And they're like, no way. And they can whip out their their driver's license. Trouble's my middle name. Danger's my middle name. No way. Your parents were high. Like, But my middle name's Francis, and there's not a worse middle name on the planet than Francis. 
Joanne? Oh, that's pretty bad. But middle names suck. And what you think is like, I'm honoring my great-great-great-grandparent, Teddy Francis Roosevelt. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was actually named after Kennedy, which is funny because um, I had older brothers who were impacted by the death of JFK, John F. Kennedy. And you're like, but his middle name wasn't, it was Franklin, it wasn't Francis. But his Christian name was Francis. So he actually had two middle names somehow. And I think I'm making this up, but it's true. So name your kid something cool. Name your kid Katniss. <laughs> Don't name your kid Katniss. Don't name your kid after Andre's character. Spoiler alert. She wins the whole competition. I know, I know, there's two more movies still to come out, Hunger Games 2, Hunger Games 3, and she wins. Yeah, I read the comic book. I know you're saying the comic book, yeah, it's kind of an unabridged copy of the Hunger Games. It's actually called the Hunger Games, and it's about everything that Jennifer Lawrence eats in a year. She actually wins. I know you're saying, really? Yeah. So she has to kill her sister, um, Primrose, and she has to kill her mom, Everdeen. And she has to kill her boyfriend, and she has to kill the guy that won before. But she ultimately wins everything, because she kills everyone. So the movie ends, The Hunger Games Part 3 ends with a nuclear bomb, where she drops the bomb on everyone, and she wins. So I just saved you, like, at least 20-plus dollars. And if you're doing date night, I saved you at least 100-plus dollars. So you can thank me later and send me a check. Send me a check to KDO Radio in Fremont, California, $20. $20 to Rob at robblack.com at KDOW in Fremont, California. So Katniss and fellow District 12 tribute, Piata. They're, they're put in a fancy train, and, well, like I said, she drops a bomb on everyone. Um, Hermione, she dies in the um, books called Harry Potter. You might have heard of these. If you're reading them to your children, Hermione dies. So just so you know, she dies. Which was interesting because actually I mentioned that on television one day. Right before the last Harry Potter film came out, I said, Hermione dies in the movie I saw here. And the publishers called me within 10 minutes and said, you need to do a retraction or we're going to go after you legally. I didn't... No, how the book ended. I didn't get an advanced copy. I'm so, 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 so sorry. There's moments in your life where you're like, um, yeah, you're going to shut me down. Okay, so a WNBA game. I know you're saying, how do you top that Hermione story? She dies? So a WNBA game, a player got double fines for kissing an opponent. Basically, a quick peck on her cheek got her assessed a personal foul for the intimate moment. Um, like, suddenly I'm interested in the WNBA. Like, I haven't made attention to it for 10 years. And like, you were you mocking her? Were you in love with her? Were you trying to intimidate her? You kissed an opponent. And so they're like, I, the WNBA exists. There's, the women are still playing basketball in a team sport. I know you're saying the San Francisco 49ers got 153 yards on the ground from Frank Gore as the defense stood up and shut down Sam Bradford and the St. Louis Rams. 35 to 11. 
The WNBA game could have been 159 to zero for all I care. One opponent kissed another opponent to taunt them. <laughs> That's awesome. I know you're saying um, you have no content today, do you? Um, I told you how the Hunger Games movie ended. How about this? An airline captain dies after suffering an in-flight heart attack. Uh, this is your captain speak. Uh, heart attack. <laughs> That's like the not the announcement you want to hear. We'll be cruising at 35,000. Ah! Cold crash sounded appropriate. Apropos. But anyway, um, flight crew coordinated with air traffic controllers about how the plane would meet up with responders. Uh, we have a dead captain speaking. They did chest compressions. Like, there's a lot of things that you don't want to see on your flight. It's, you don't want to see, like, a, how shall we say, a turkey fly into the turbine. But even worse than that is seeing your captain getting chest compressions in first class. Oh, I did the first class upgrade. Which is fantastic, by the way. You know one secret of getting the first class upgrade? Is checking in on the street and asking the person, hey, if I give you a $20 bill, can you get me a first grade upgrade? First class upgrade? And sometimes they'll say yes. So always do curbside ups- upgrades or cur- curbside check-ins. Just between you and I. Captain suffered a heart attack. Okay, now you're saying, was it a flight to Seattle? Because flights, all flights to Seattle stink. Like, Orlando to Seattle is, like, literally going around the world. So this was a flight to Seattle, but it's Houston to Seattle, which is its own little hell, if you know what I'm saying. But the captain has a heart attack. Now, fortunately, like, we don't really care because planes can fly themselves. We recently learned that two pilots fell asleep during a flight across the Atlantic. Two pilots both of them are knocked out. And here's what the story about this. Basically, they have to fly three days in a row with, like, three hours of sleep each night kind of thing because they're on standby for a couple hours. So the pilots would take 20-minute naps between each other. Hey, I'm uh, going to sleep for uh, 20 minutes. Uh, wake me up in 20 minutes, okay? Another one would wake up. Go pilot. Okay. Now, I'm going to sleep for 20 minutes. Um, long story short, if there is one. Both of them were asleep during the flight, and they admitted this. Which would you rather have, pilot sleeping or a pilot have a heart attack? Okay, 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 okay. So here's what you need. You need 10 to 20 times your income before you retire, or you need 10 times your income in case you have a heart attack. That pilot, let's hope he had 10 times his income. If you're going to die suddenly because you ate buttered popcorn as a kid, and your heart catches a, a clog, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, Blue Velvet, a David Lynch film, opens with a guy who's watering his yard. He's watering his yard with a hose, right? If you ever watered your yard with a hose? So he's watering his yard with a hose, and the movie opens with him having a heart attack. And right before he has a heart attack, the hose gets clogged. And you don't know why it gets clogged. It just he's watering, he's watering, he's clogged. And the next thing you know, he has an heart attack. So symbolism? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> was it lost on me? Nope. I could talk to you about Thumb and Lee's, which is a movie about two women who basically leave their men and leave their men's world and leaves their they can't live in a man's world. And there's just masculine symbols everywhere. Brad Pitt's drinking water out of a hose. Masculine symbol. 
there's like a crop duster who's spraying fertilizer all over crops, masculine symbol. There's an oil pump. I think they're called mules. You know how they go up and down, up and down, up and down. Masculine symbol. There's just masculine symbol after masculine symbol after masculine symbol. And Dominley's spoiler alert. They basically end the film by saying, we can't go back to our husbands, we can't go back to our lives, we can't live in the man's world, and they drive off into the Grand Canyon. Feminine image. Hmm. Interesting. No? See, I know you're saying, you spent a lot of time on this. No, I really haven't. It's just what goes on inside my head. So a pilot dies. That teaches me about life insurance. Because pilots aren't supposed to die, right? You're not going cruising at 30,000 feet in a vessel going 500 miles an hour where your pilot dies. Like, I don't even like driving with grandparents. Because I'm like, you're on borrowed time. You've lived after 60. That pilot died. So uh, grandparents, like, you're making me nervous. But that's why we have life insurance. It replaces your income. Had that pilot died and there was no other pilots and the plane goes down, that's why everyone on that plane should have life insurance. Now, of course, the airline's going to you know, step up and make good, but sometimes we're driving with grandparents in a car. Sometimes we're just driving and the other person in the other lane is drunk or passed out and they hit us. I got hit by... I know you're saying, please, don't vent everything personal today. You've already talked about the person who urinates in a bucket, and now you're talking about a person who hits your car? Yeah, I got hit by someone who didn't have insurance recently. It's good to be me. The insurance company, the other insurance company reaches out to me. The, I don't have insurance company, and they're like, we'll totally fix your car, but she didn't have insurance, so I didn't get that reach out. It was Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things finance. Ensure what you can't afford to lose, especially with Pirate. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. Pretty bad crash on San Francisco City streets in this Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. This is the intersection of Golf and Pine, and Golf is closed between them. Okay, so somehow I tied the United Airlines flight where the captain has a heart attack to a financial planning lesson of make sure you have insurance. And if you don't, I get it. There was a mother of eight last night on X Factor, which I don't even know if it's biologically possible to have eight children. Like, there was a TV show called Eight is Enough that I thought was fiction. Like, is it possible to have eight children? So there's a mother on X Factor last night who had eight children and she gets through the next round. Oof. Eight children is a lot. Dreadful. No, no, really dreadful. I know. It's dreadful, the concept of eight children, because and this is something that just skips me. It misses me. I don't quite understand it. Of how do you live and how do you finance your life with eight children? I get... I'm a big earner. I love you, sugar booger. Let's get married. You can stay at home and 
Go do charitable work. Feed more mouth. Let's make a baby. Feeding three mouths all of a sudden. You're feeding her. You're feeding your baby. You're feeding your wife. You're feeding yourself. Let's go get a dog that is big. Because big dogs show how manly I am at the park. And people can say, you're a manly man. You have a dog. I love your dog. Your dog's a good-looking pure breed. Four mouths. And then comes that, what happened? Party too late. Fifth mouth, child. Right? Can you imagine having eight mouths to feed? So this mother, she was on X Factor, and her name was Victoria, and I don't know, like, she's, I guess, relatively attractive. She's got a bit of a turkey neck. Gobble, gobble, gobble. That's my tribute to Thanksgiving and not necessarily to women with turkey necks. Um, eight kids is a lot. How many of those kids do you think are going to go to college? Probably not many being paid by mom or they're going to take on a great amount of debt. Maybe her singing career works out for her. I don't know. So I can't watch those shows for the record. X Factor and The Voice. The whole blind audition where the family's crying. It just it, I'm a sucker for it. I cry every time. Like, I, I, I bawl. <laughs> she lives in a trailer. Listen to that voice. <laughs> so I don't even put myself in that scenario. Oh, Walter White dies. Breaking Bad spoiler alert. Katniss drops a bomb. She nukes everyone. Hunger Games. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't even know if it's Hunger Games or Hunger Games anymore. Like in my own head, I've created a fictional world called the Hungry Games, where it's just people eating turkey bone, uh, chicken bones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I dated a girl named Juliet in college. Um, started my business, um, investment advisory firm. And on the first date, she... We order like wings for an appetizer. She, she's one of those people that has this weird talent where you can put a chicken bone next to her mouth and suddenly it's gone. Like all the meat's gone, the skin's gone, the meat's gone, the grizzle, the marrow. Like the bone is just, it's just like you would imagine it's been boiled down clean. Like you can't even tell it had buffalo wing sauce on it, right? So that's my first day. I'm like, wow. Look at that skill set, right? And then we date, we fall in love. I start my business. She's a graphic designer. She starts her business. Um, I'm an investment advisor. I'm building a clientele. And she gives up me. Oh, have you ever been with someone who changed the rules of the relationship? Like, I have to have, I have to have some meat. I'm not going to eat Susie Orman. I'm not going to do it. Did you hear that Susie Orman was in America's Cup this week? And she tweeted about the races at America's Cup with Larry Ellison, and here's what she had to say. Most exciting race ever, huh, Suze? <laughs> oh, that's not Susie Orman. Horsey faces Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. So I'm now mixing my women together, but Sarah Jessica Parker, she might have been in America's Cup for all I know. She might have been the lead horse that won the race that Larry Ellison piloted to the finish line. But (laughs) 
I love Susie Orman because she is so out of touch with reality. She tweets like, this is the most exciting thing I've ever been to. And basically she's rubbing her no, her she's rubbing it in that you're poor and you don't get to go to San Francisco and you don't get to see yacht races done by billionaires. And her whole show is about like poor people not choosing to be poor. And again, Sarah Jessica Parker, on the other hand, she teaches women, let's go buy a $400 pair of shoes so you can be poor, but maybe you'll land the right guy and make eight babies, and then everyone will be poor, even the guy that you landed. So I don't like Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't like Susie Orman. I hate basically everyone at this moment in time. So children are expensive. Just know that. But also, here's the beauty about children. If you get married early and start a family... Your wife is going to nag you to buy a house. She's going to go, she's going to nag you. And you're going to be like, oh, I'll do it. I'll work 100 hours a week. I'll buy a house for our kids. So we won't live in the apartment. Our kid won't be raised in a dresser. I know. I was actually, my mom, my parents were so poor. And you say, how poor were they? We were so poor that I was, my crib was a dresser. I was in the top drawer of a crib. No, no, of a dresser. That was my crib. Right? And now you're saying, is that fiction? Because you've never told me your parents were. My parents weren't poor. They were just thrifty. So, yeah, it's probably not FDA approved or USDA approved or probably doesn't get the rancher's reserve grade for dressers or for cribs. But children are expensive. But if you do buy a house to raise your child... And early, you tend to do very, very well over time. Real estate works over time. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. AM 1220. KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. The show opens with... Something about 21st century. I've probably heard it a million times, and I've told I've told you once, I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. Right? So, some about learning to trade or learning to invest in the 21st century. There's a lot of <clears throat> learning that you can do. I continuously say on the show, I'm a saver. I'm an investor. I save 10 to 20% of everything I make. Not like a miser. Although that does bring to mind the Looney Tunes episode of Daffy Duck. And you're saying, you're quoting Daffy Duck? I'm rich, I'm rich. The Alibaba episode where he gets shrunken down. Bugs Bunny somehow shrinks down Daffy Duck. I don't even know how the story goes. But ultimately, he becomes super tiny, and he gets inside of an oyster, and he finds a pearl. And he's like, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. I want you to save 10 to 20% so that you can be the greatest grandparent of all time. I said this on Chad Burton's show, New Focus on Wealth, yesterday, because I'm sitting in for him basically in the latter half of the week, that being a great grandparent is the goal of my show. Chad and his new focus on wealth is all about managing wealthy people's money. Chad and I met 15 years ago, and 
my brand is different than his brand. My brand is creating wealth. His brand is preserving wealth or managing it. And I think you should die with no money in your bank account or you should die and leave money to your children, whatever is important to you. Don't leave money to your spouse. That's, that's my brand. Don't leave money to your spouse. Screw her. But there's a lot of ways to get... Uh, I'm a saver. I'm an investor. There's a lot of simple phrases to create wealth. I max out my 401k. I save 20% of my paycheck. Even though I'm only legally allowed to save 15% in a 401k, I save an extra 5% here or there. I've got a credit card. I know you're saying, ooh... All the ladies are going, ooh, he's got a credit card. I've got a credit card where I get rewards. Ooh, he's got a credit card where he gets rewards. I get cash back. Ooh, a credit card where you get cash back and rewards. Take me to Mexico. Rob Black, take me to Mexico. Not going to happen. Because with those rewards, I basically save them and I turn them into investment dollars. Because it's a stupid way of automatically saving 2%. I know, I know you're saying that's not sexy. But there's some, a lot of dumb things that you can do that save you money. I met a woman last year who came to one of my Money 101 events, and I think she wanted me to like teach her how to become a millionaire with no savings at all. And I can't do that. I can't. You need to save 10, 15, 20% of your salary. And over time, yes, you will become a millionaire. I promise you. Even if you make $50,000 a year, over time you will become a millionaire. She came to an event and she got mad at me because she reached out. And she's a redhead. And I got a thing for redheads because I think they're just, they're fiery crazy. And if you know what I mean by crazy, then you know what I mean by fiery crazy. And, She's got a husband that works at, he worked at Open Table, now he works at LinkedIn, but at the time he was driving 50 miles to work. That ain't cheap. Like, even if you're in a gas-saving vehicle, that that ain't cheap. Because it takes a lot of time, and time is money. Time is money. Tip of the hat to Alan Olson. Tip of the hat to Alan Olson. (laughs) Um... So her husband was driving 50 miles in the morning to work, right? And 50 miles to get home. And when you're driving in the morning, you're driving in the evening, that's traffic and time is money. So long story short, I was like, your husband needs a new job and you probably need to go back to work and stop staying at home with the kids because you can't afford it. When you're, he was a engineer. What what do they call the people? A help desk engineer? A level one or level two? I, I don't even know. Like, who cares, right? But he could lose his job. Like, I think those jobs have gone overseas. Right? Right? So eventually he does get a job closer to home and time is money. So he's home with the kids more. And trust me, if there's one thing that I do about the show, I want you to be a great grandparent. I almost cried yesterday talking about this. My best friend on the planet had a great grandparent story. She was in love with her grandfather. In love with him. He was like the greatest guy ever. And he wasn't the greatest guy ever. He was a bit of a jerk at times, but he stayed married to his wife forever. He was good to the grandchildren. He paid for their college. He was always easy to visit because 
you know, grandparents are easy to visit because they don't actually have to take care of the children. At that point in their life, they just have to visit with them. So $5 in each hand. And that's what the goal of my show is, is to get you to become the greatest grandparent. So there's a lot of sayings on Wall Street about how to get rich. For instance, if you're going to panic, panic early. That's a BS statement. If you don't know who you are, Wall Street is one of the most expensive places to find out. That's a BS statement. Now, when I told you I'm a saver, not a spender, that's not a BS statement. I've learned that some statements in life are BS. There are old traders, there are bold traders, but there are no old and bold traders. BS statement, right? And yet, and this is what's the funniest thing ever. I once knew a, a wealth coach named Laurel, and her last name rhymed with Mangmeyer. They, she pays a lot of money for commercial advertising. And she's one of those wealth coaches that she basically had Robert Kiyosaki's love child. She worked for Robert Kiyosaki, and she actually had his love child. Not married, but... The point being is she is a wealth coach, and she'll tell, like, the secrets getting wealthy are pay attention to what wealthy people do, and that's a BS statement. She'll say things like, these wealth coaches make me sick. The system wasn't designed so that most people could beat it. No, you're wrong. Actually, the system was designed for capitalism, which works over time. There's just BS statements. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And like, whoa! I think I learned that from Dostoevsky and a lot of weed in college. You know what's interesting about me? I didn't smoke any weed in college. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I know you're saying, how did that happen? I didn't have my first drink of beer until I was 21. Now, I haven't stopped since, but with that being said, I was old. So I hate stupid phrases. There are a million ways to make money in the market. The irony is that they are all very difficult to find. BS statement. It's so easy to make money in the market because the market is at all-time highs 70% of the time, 7 out of 10 years. You have better odds of making money in the market. Okay, so this isn't Philip Phillips. This is Mumford and Sons, the true hipsters, whereas Philip Phillips is a faux hipster who's stealing music from hipsters. Drop black in your mind. I'm not black. So there's a website called Chive.com that has some of the most gaudy things on the planet. Um, Think garden gnomes. Think vases that are parallel to the ground. Like, aren't vases supposed to be sturdy and upright? There's no doubt things that will part us from our money that are out there. And one of the things I'm doing today is trying to like point out some stupid things that will part us from our money. Um, 
And what I mean by that is is very particular and very key. You know, there's a lot of financial coaches out there who will teach us how to be members of the big person's table. And their whole pitch will be like, do you remember when you were a child and you had to sit at the little person's table? Like, I'm teaching you how to get to the big person's table. The big person's table in money and finance is all about doing it like professionals do it, doing it like wealthy people do it. You're like, I'm not wealthy. I work for PG&E, and I hate my wife. I know I love my wife, and I want to make millions of dollars. But you make 50000 a year, and it's kind of set in stone, and you're not going to make water into wine. You're not hey Which is interesting to me. So I've got a friend who's a bartender. His name is Jesus. And you're like, that's a tough name to grow up with, right? Like... You got certain things you got to live up to. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Mexico, they called me Chewy. I'm like, are you kidding? Jesus becomes Chewy in Mexican, like parlance. I guess so. So Chewbacca to me is now a Christ figure in Star Wars, and I don't even want to go there because Disney is going to turn that into a movie where Chewbacca leads some sort of revolution on Chewbacca's planet. Okay, Disney is going to franchise these films to death. There's going to be a Chewbacca's world. There's going to be a Han Solo story. We're going to probably get more Ewoks. Where the Ewoks and the big Chewbacca people live together. And you're like, a Wookiee and an Ewok? Doesn't make sense. But Netflix will buy it. And Disney will say, we'll sell you anything. I mean, we'll sell you a Star Wars franchise. So you're going to see it. Disney owns the Muppets. Disney owns Star Wars. Disney owns the Avengers. Disney owns Marvel. They own Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Disney's going to charge me for doing that. Like, Disney is the most evil empire of all. I know you're saying, it's the happiest place on the planet. You want to see the happiest place on the planet? No, 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 no. Go to Disney at 8 p.m. in the parking lot. It's the saddest place on the planet when all the children have to go home and they're exhausted from a day of energy and sugar. It's the craziest thing you'll ever see on the planet. I have a friend who worked at Disney, and... um she did bad things to Disney. That's all I'm going to say. It might involve the other sex, and it might involve mind-altering substances. But when she told me her Disney stories that involved those two issues, or maybe didn't, it's alleged, I was like, you did that at Disney? That's crazy. Like, I didn't know people could do that at Disney. Okay, so this hour I'm keying in on stupid things financial people say that really aren't financial people. I don't think a financial coach is a real person. I find them bogus. I find... <sighs> most financial experts aren't really experts because they're, they're not handling real money. They're handling transactions sometimes between you, your money, and someone else. Take this financial coach that I know that she'll, she'll put you in an oil well in... Like um, Stockton. And you're like, I didn't know there was oil well in Stockton. 
it will return you 10% on your money. That's what the financial coach will tell you. And next thing you know, you're like, oil wells in Stockton, the, the mules are coming. They don't actually ever come, and you actually just parted your money as an idiot with this person, and they made a huge commission. If someone's finding you real estate to buy, they're making a huge commission. Like, you'll hear commercials about buying real estate in Dallas. And they'll actually probably play the theme to Dallas. And you're like, I want to buy real estate in Dallas. Like, they got those cheerleaders and oil wells and big hats. And you're like, I want to do it. I'm in. But here's the thing about that is if someone's selling you real estate in Dallas, don't you think the people of Dallas have kind of figured out, like, we got something good here? Like, you don't hear a lot of commercials on radio or television like, I'm going to be selling you real estate in San Francisco because everyone's kind of figured out let's buy real estate in San Francisco. It doesn't need its own commercial per se. So be careful of the commercials that push real estate. I once saw Eric Estrada. I know you're saying, wait, 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 wait. Let me think about that for a second. Was he an actor in the porn industry? Nope. Eric Estrada. Was he the guy who drove around with John Poncherello as a California Highway Patrolman in the 70s? Yes. Eric Estrada. So I once saw Eric Estrada pushing like a lake in Arkansas, a home community, that a retirement community that's going to be built on a lake. Yes, you can get into the ground level. Okay, wait, wait. I think I heard him say a lakefront property in Arkansas. Keep in mind, the number one job in retirement that I want to have is being a dentist in Arkansas. Because when you're a dentist in Arkansas, all you have to do is clean one tooth. There's no 32 teeth. Like, 32 teeth in Arkansas is like a, a mega lotto winner. Like... It doesn't happen every day. You know what I'm saying? You can tell the wealthy families in Arkansas because they have two cars up on jacks. Like, you with me? You with me? State. The state flower is a satellite uh, receiver. Like, it's it's pretty ghetto. So, anyway, um, be careful. Like, Eric Estrada, you're like, I loved you in chips. Like, you can't be so desperate, Alan like that you're pushing some sort of crazy infomercial at this point in time of your life. Can it? Like, yeah, he can be that kind of desperate. So be cautious on people that push real estate out of your market. There's a reason that those people in those markets don't actually buy said properties. Like, if I heard about this great deal once in a lifetime in San Francisco... No, you don't ever, you never hear that. You're listening to me, Roberto Negro, Roberto Negro Idoleros on the AM twelve twenty KDW.
Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Lumineers played in San Francisco recently. This is not Lumineers. This would be the Killers. Of which... I'm strangely fond of. Like in an appropriate way. In an inappropriate way. <laughs> did you just say inappropriate? I kind of did. I apologize to my family. My loved ones. My brother Peter, who I don't talk to anymore, who's got leukemia and can die of cancer for all I care. Oh, by the way, he's got leukemia. Um, here's some odd facts about the killers. They met through small ads. I know you're saying, really? Yeah, through Las Vegas Weekly, they basically put out ads saying, looking to start or join a band influences U2, Pumpkins, and Oasis. Brandon Flowers is influenced by Oasis? No! They're fronted by basically a psycho. Basically, he's a Mormon with a mustache fixation. I know you're saying, Mormons with mustache fixations? Is that even possible that that came out of your mouth? Pretty strange, right? He has tattoos on his arms listing all the dead people in his family. (laughs) I just talked about my brother dying of cancer and, like, I'm apathetic about it. And now I'm making fun of Brandon Flowers because he's got some distance between him and humanity because he lists dead people on his arms. The Killers was a band name in the late 70s. Just throwing it out there. It was a new order, the band New Order. They had a video where the drummer was playing on a drum set that said The Killers. And that's how they named their band, from a New Order song, VH1 MTV kind of thing. They write gibberish. As musicians, they write gibberish. Okay, if I were to tell you this line, I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier, you'd be like, were you smoking a lot of dope last night? Are we human or are we dancers? It's actually tied towards a Hunter Thompson kind of thing. So, anyway. um, Are you a human? Are you a real person? Are you just a fluffy dancer? Um, I don't know. I don't think I have any more fun facts about the killers. Brandon Flowers once was a bellboy in Vegas. I don't know. He had a good quote that he said, We used to get pimps going to the hotels. They promised us a good tip as he loaded the car, but they never would tip. Pimps and gypsies, they're terrible tippers. So is that your financial advice today? If you're a waiter or waitress, bar, bartender, if you see a pimp or a gypsy come in, probably not going to end well for you. Oh, I'll have a cold one. We're talking about day drinking, right? Um, I don't know. I like the chords that the killers play. 
And Brandon Flowers, someone once sent me, sent me this YouTube video, and it just blew me away because I like stupid pop music. I'm guilty. I like zombie movies, and I like stupid pop music. I'm okay with that. There's a no 12-step program, but admitting it is part of the issue. Like, when you say that you have a problem with alcohol, you're halfway there. So I'm halfway there by saying I like pop music, yes. If you were to look at my iPod, which I don't have an iPod, but if you were to look at my theoretical iPod, it would be loaded with some pretty, pretty, pretty lame stuff. Okay, Taylor Swift, guilty. I feel like a teenage boy or girl being going through the dating process when I listen to her music, and I love it, 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 I love it. It takes me back to my life, right? But the killers is that same stupid guilty pleasure. I'm got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Um, you can't pass that stupidity on people. You could probably in the eighties. You know, there's some electronica bands out of Europe, and they probably call it something different in this day and age. Um, go and join the army. Said a father to a son. See the world around you and learn like. Uh, that sucks, right? Go and join... Okay, anyway. Um, what's the difference between a symphony and an orchestra? Like, Calgary... Which, if you haven't heard my Calgary story, go get the podcast at kdow.biz. I tell a Calgary story in the first hour that is classic Rob Black. And if we get my die today, these are the stories that I want you to tell your children. My Calgary story is... It's good for Christmas. Every Christmas, you should tell the Rob Black Calgary story, where he dated a woman who... Oh, you got to go back to that first hour and listen to the podcast to know what he, what happened. So, Calgary's got a Philharmonic Orchestra, and Edmonton has a Symphony Orchestra. And I think this is just a mandate to confuse people. Like, what's the difference between a Symphony and a Philharmonic? I don't think most people know and the connotations that it pushes us into figuring out it all comes from Greek words so take your pick is what I say full size symphony orchestra includes strings, woodwinds, brass and percussion instruments it's a repertoire for the main part of classical music full size philharmonic orchestra includes strings, woodwinds, brass and percussion instruments I know you're saying, that's handy. I kind of know the difference now, even though I don't know the difference at all. I know, that's the whole point. There's some things that you just need to accept as is. They're just different ways of naming orchestral organizations. And Calgary and Edmonton have the same exact configuration with different names, and it upsets me, and it tells me, this is another reason to hate Canada. For the record, I like Canadian women, I like Canadian oil, and I like Canadian hockey. Canadian beer, eh. Molson's, eh. It's kind of like Coors. Not so good. I want to wash my car with that. I'm a craft beer kind of guy. So I'm going over stupid stuff on Wall Street, because part of it's learning to do things right, but part of it's learning not to do things wrong. And here's a phrase that just is stupid. Expectations, the great grace killer. 
Trade what you see, not what you think, and be content. What's that mean? Okay, so I see that Amazon and Netflix and Tesla are going higher. I love you. Trade what you see, not what you think. Wait, wait, I just thought that. Like, there's a lot of people in the financial industry who will part you from your money with stupid phrases. Trading is not about winning and losing. Trading is about taking more reward than risk from the market in the long run. Stupid phrase. Like, it doesn't mean anything to you. And yet, some people pay good money to hear this stuff. Like, I'm still stunned that Trump University ever existed. But even more importantly, Trump University is being sued by Attorney General of New York's saying basically it's really not a university and it really doesn't teach you things that isn't common sense. Like, you ever read that horrible, horrible, horrible Kiyosaki guy? How do I feel about him? Horrible. If you ever read him, he'll say things like, put all your eggs in one basket, and you turn a couple pages, and it says, you know, buy real estate in different markets. Which one should I do? Put all my eggs in one basket, or should I diversify? He plays both sides of the fence, because he knows you're stupid enough that you're going to buy into one of the two phrases and, and accept it as he taught you something. Anything truly interested in business or life is a gamble. I kind of agree with that statement. I'm doing a whole hour dedicated to stupid statements, and I just gave you one that is the truth. I got ahead of my career because I took a chance. People think that life is calculated and planned out. I think life is a gamble. I think it is a trick if you win all the time. I think it is you have to put yourself out there and upset a lot of people. People will be like, I didn't know my daughter could do that. I didn't know my son could do that. What makes a winner is winning more times than losing. One of my favorite phrases, and again, I'm talking stupid phrases, and here's one of my favorite phrases, sometimes you take a pie in the face, and sometimes you're hip deep in pie. I love pie. <laughs> like, I don't mind losing. Now, my approach to women, my approach to money is not similar. If I see a beautiful person, I'll be like, I think you're beautiful. Like, good God, something totally worked out in the genetic pool for you. And that person may slap me. That person may punch me. That person may go, I've heard that before. That person may go, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Sometimes take a pie in the face, and sometimes you're hip deep in pie. You have to take chances to succeed. You want... More winners and losers over time, yes. But no, you really want to push a craft of, of being unique. You're Rob Black and your money, and that's my career advice. That's my investment advice. That's my career advice. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. So I love working for Salem Radio. <laughs> love it. 
There's actually a sign in the men's room that teaches you how to flush. <laughs> Which, when I started here, there was a sign that taught you about the urinal that I can't even repeat on radio. It had something to do with drippage. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yes, people in radio have a passion for what they do. I'm quitting radio because I have a new passion. I want to become a manager of a Cinnabon. Today is my last day. I'm going to go become a manager of Cinnabon. I'm going to hand out the free samples in the outfit. I'm going to be the sample guy who hands out basically crack cocaine. If you've ever had a Cinnabon, it is crack cocaine. I believe it's got 2,000 calories per bite. I think you'll gain about three pounds per Cinnabon. And that's my new passion. Now, I could sit here and do the show and tell you, like, I think Chipotle is a great investment in large part because I do think that it's a great investment. You know, I I think Chipotle is going to start doing breakfast. And I think that's going to be pretty important to their growth profile going forward. I think people love the casual quality diner versus the low-cost food and or the high-cost. I went to my favorite watering hole yesterday. I was talking to a zebra. Me and the zebra were at the watering hole. I go, I can't believe a steak here is $36. Some people don't want a $36 steak. Some people just want good quality food, and that's what Chipotle does. When they do a breakfast burrito, I'm in. And for the record, can you ever look attractive eating a burrito? There's no way, right? It, oh, don't go there. Don't go there. Mmm. I could get, I, I, yeah, okay. Um, so Chipotle's going to start doing a breakfast burrito, and I could totally buy into that. I could buy into Amazon that they've got a great ecology for distributing media, and I think that's the future. Atlas Energy, I think they've got a substantial runway to accelerate growth in both entities of its organic development as well as third-party acquisitions. I see earnings per share growth of being material. I can talk about, like I said, Chipotle. Traditional fast food, casual dining, what a combination. I could talk about Lululemon. Maybe I'm going to quit my day job to work at Cinnabon. Yes! It is a dream of mine. Don't mock me because I have a dream. I know you're saying, Martin Luther King's dream was a little bit different. My dream is to work at Cinnabon or Dunkin' Donuts. I'd work at Dunkin' Donuts. Come on. Pastries? Dough that's baked in the jacuzzi of Greece? (laughs) Is there anything better than the phrase jacuzzi of Greece? I think it's a great growth story. I think Facebook. Facebook came out yesterday. And how much do I love Facebook? I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. It's a great growth stock. Is it a great value stock? No. And it really depends on what you need as an investor. So that's important, like right there what I just said, what you need as an investor. Facebook's ad chief says, we have more primetime eyeballs than ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox put together. 
Is that powerful or what? I have a great article on a, a bear from Syria that joined the Polish military and ultimately became addicted to cigarettes. If anyone wants this article, drop me an email at rob at robblack.com. After being invaded by Germany in the West and later by the Soviet Russia in the East, the Polish government fled Warsaw. And basically, what happened at this point in time is uh, crazy. A group of soldiers happened upon an Iranian shepherd boy who had found an orphan Syrian bear, a bear cub, and they kind of took to it, and they gave it canned meat, and they ultimately gave it cigarettes, and it became a mascot, and it got addicted to cigarettes. I know you're saying, a bear addicted to cigarettes? I don't believe you. I have the article to prove it. Try me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I'm making a movie based on that and based on my desire to become a Cinnabon manager. I have a dream. Do you have a dream? What's your dream? Someone recently asked me what I'm going to do in retirement. I'm like, I really don't know. Um, maybe I'm going to play the jazz flute in retirement. There is a strong need for jazz flutists, so I hear. Flautist? A flutist is a flautist? Why do you know that? My producer, you can't hear him. He's telling me a jazz flutist is really a flautist. He was bad in high school. That's not going to score you any points. Um, Google, I think, has got great growth ahead. I think what they're doing with Google is powerful. I think they're dominant in cell phones. I think what they're doing with YouTube is dominant. I like LinkedIn. I like Lululemon. Oh, yeah, that's how I started this whole segment, isn't it? God, I, I love a good $80 pair of yoga pants. I don't want to buy them. I just want to look at them. I don't want to wear them. I just want to look at other people wearing them. Like, $80 to work out and stretch? That's my idea of sexy, right? Lululemon. And basically, they're making clothes that 20-somethings want to wear when they're working out or when they're not working out, so it looks like they've come from a workout. I like Michael Kors as a growth stock. I like MasterCard. I like Visa. Like, I can do a show, Palo Alto Networks. I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it. 30% plus cash flow, compounded annual growth rate. I like Shatner. So I'm going to end with that. I'm not coming back on Monday. I'm going to be working at Cinnabon. I'll see you at the airport. Opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.